As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Civ Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. Pretty sure none of us are ever going to the dentist again. Mm. Or maybe even drinking water. Mm. It's Civ Pop. I'm really bad about going to the dentist. <laughs> what about drinking water? You do okay? Mm. Not, really. I, Not really. I, I drink a lot of water, actually. I, I like water. Welcome to Civ Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a Patrons. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those Where's perks. <gasps> I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru, from the Horrible Movie Podcast, stand to your feet and welcome, it's Jack! Thank you. Woo! Thank you very much. Just Jack. General Rebel! In the house. Jack, welcome back, man. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Jack, love having you on. Jack hosts being the on. Horrible Movie Podcast, which I've been on three times now. Uh, Brag about Andrew's it. Andrew's coming on. Andrew's okay. going to be on. We've All got right. it scheduled. It's going to happen. <laughs> My goal to be on every single podcast on the planet is... It's coming together it's nicely. It's coming together nicely. You're only, you only have 75 billion more to... Uh, Jack, thanks for being here. We're going to have some fun chatting today. Uh, speaking of podcasts and all the podcasts <laughs> on the planet, yes. guess which is the 48th most popular podcast on the planet in the category of TV and film? Mm, let me think about this. It's this one, Jack! What? No, it's Sip Pop! In the house! Yeah. In the hizzy! <laughs> First off, congratulations, Aaron. Dude, congratulations to you. I'm just a guy that breaks into your house every single Friday <laughs> and gets overly excited about stuff. Honestly, it's all you. Oh, thanks, man. No, it was really weird to see. Now, look, that has to do with me guest hosting on a very popular podcast, uh, The Sincast, recently. Ne never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so a lot of new people coming to find the show. First of all, if you are new to the show, welcome. Thanks yes. for finding us. Uh, we have a great time talking pop culture. We hope you'll stick around. We have a great group of fans that join us for a live recording, as well as many that come through on the podcast as well. So, but uh, but I when I saw that we were actually ranked in iTunes in the category, that uh, that really kind of blew my mind because again, we're just in my basement, you know, hanging out talking movies. That's where it's and, in, though. It's all right. Yeah, no, no, where no. Where the it's magic fun. happens, though. No, I agree. It absolutely happens here. So, thank you to everybody who. Has been there from the beginning. Uh, for all those who are new, thanks for downloading, hanging out, and uh, having a good time. Jack, we'll give you some time to talk about Horrible Movie Podcast at the end, but just briefly, what yes. do you guys do? We uh, have a guest on. They pick a horrible movie. We They watch it. We, we used to watch it all together, but life is very busy. So now it's a, you watch it, you come on, uh, we record, and uh, we have guests from around this area or nationwide or wherever, and we just talk about a horrible movie. Pick it. Has to be a theater release movie. It can't be Sharknado. Oh, like something on TV. Cannot be Sharknado. An okay. MST3K movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, my favorite of that is Boggy Creek 2. Yes. <laughs> my favorite MST3K one. I think um, mine's Ega. I got to say, it's uh, a wonderful podcast, and I'm happy to have been fun. a part a few times. It's so. fun. Thank you. I'm glad you're part of it. That Andrew's coming on mm -hmm. thehorriblemoviepodcast.com and on Twitter at Very one horrible cool. movie. Well, before we get into uh, a lot of stuff today, we're going to. By the way, we'll be reviewing a cure for wellness today, uh, The Great Wall. We're for our best ever challenge today. I love this. We're doing best ever movies that have the word "great" in the title. Mm, great. So that'll be our best ever challenge. And of course, we'll have uh, buried treasure at the end. And we'll have some Do We Care here in a second. But I wanted to try a new segment out here at the beginning. This won't happen every week. You haven't even told me about no, this. No, nobody so. knows about this new segment. Mm -mm. 
we talked a little while ago about the fact that I am too slow to give up on TV shows, Mm -hmm. that I hold on to them too long. And I thought it might be fun if when I break up with a TV show, if I write a breakup letter. An immemorial? Yeah, just Aaron, Aaron dumps a show. Oh, you know? I love and so this. I have a show that I'm dumping. <laughs> oh no! And uh, and I I want to make sure that uh, that I give it its fair send off. So are you gonna have to burn all your memorabilia in a box in your backyard? <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Uh, so here for the first time ever, Aaron dumps a show. And now we join another episode of Aaron dumps a show with Aaron Dicer. Dear Homeland. When we first met, <laughs> you were so energetic and visceral. You had all the nonstop energy of 24, but with honest moral conundrums. I loved your performances, your intensity, and your story curves. But then you forgot what made you special. I stayed with you when you held on to the Brody character too long. Through the silliness of Carrie keeping her jobs after what she'd done. Through the increasingly ridiculous plot twists and reveals. But this season, you've gone too far. You took Quinn from me. You hurt him and changed him, and I can no longer be with you. Well, that and you're boring now. So, goodbye, Homeland, and as I delete you from my DVR, I will do so knowing I grow stronger without you, facing the future full of actually good television and ready for an extra hour in my week. (laughs) Thank you. It's good. You know what? At least you didn't break up with him over text. That's true. <laughs> That's right. That was amazing. I love that. You, please make that a hey, whenever, regular segment whenever you break up with whenever a show. Whenever I dump a show, I will uh, make sure that uh, that we bring it up. I love it. All right, Andrew, bring us some Do We Care. Do We Care. Every single week, we choose three topics from the social medias that have to deal with what's going on in the entertainment world. We discuss them, and we decide whether we think they're worth talking about or not. Number one on Do We Care. PewDiePie has been dropped by Disney, has been removed from YouTube's recommended creators list, and has had his YouTube Red Show canceled after a video released on his channel showed anti-Semitic skits. Oh, I kind of don't care and also care. There, there are elements of this I care about, Yeah, but um, it's, I think it's a, it's a hard one to go into. Jack, do you know what, what's going on here with, with yeah, PewDiePie? Yeah, he... Um... There was one um, video. He had the set some sort of segue thing in there, and it had a sign, some people holding a sign that said something negative about Jews. Yeah, so just real quick, then I'll talk about what happened. So there's a website called Fiverr, which I've used before. You can hire people to make, like, intro videos. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. $5, yeah. and people will do something for you. Yeah. He wanted to see <clears throat> what people would do for $5, whether they would, like, like do something horrible in the name of $5. In the name of $5, so right. So he yeah, hired yeah. two guys to hold a sign while they were laughing that said, I think it said, I hate Jews. Death to all Jews, I Your think. Death to all Jews. Yeah. And they were laughing while they were holding it. It's like, wow, this is what people will do for $5. And it was... It wasn't really anti-Semitic. Like he wasn't saying that. Like what he it wasn't, thought. He, it wasn't his point. It wasn't, it wasn't him his point. Promoting right. it. It was. This is like, what people like will do said. for five. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But it turns out that there were nine other videos on his channel that that touched on that anti-Semitism. Touched on anti-Semitism. Mm. Exactly. I and here's the part that's difficult because y- you cannot look into someone's heart, right? Like you can't. You can't know those things. And as somebody who puts a lot of content out there, I'm in front of a microphone talking off the cuff a lot in my life. And uh, I, you know, of course, I say that I don't I can't imagine I would ever find myself in a situation like this because I wouldn't stretch the lines like that that far. Yeah. But at the same time, um, there's a part of it that's like, I don't I don't know that this proves he's anti-semitic no in I, any way i think the, just, i think what happens though is if okay example right like right now yeah you've said jack come on my podcast right and i just start ripping into crazy territory you don't want to go there right then that becomes your problem well yeah sense? well and so and i think that there's a difference between a similar, live and produce as well that's like true. if you started he, he ripping like crazy hang, on my yeah. podcast i could edit it out for the podcast part yeah. you know that kind of thing yeah that's but, true that is true but yeah Anyway, so and I guess I, if he left those videos on his YouTube, then that's right. Yeah, yeah that's on him. That, so that's is it possible for me to say you made an awful mistake and should not have had that content on your YouTube channel? And also, I feel for you. Like, are, are those two things mutually exclusive? Like, 
Can there, I believe there's both? There's no such thing as black and white. There are... You know what oh, he was seen, trying I've to do. I've seen black and I've seen white. I know that there those colors exist. I don't but. think, but I don't think a company <laughs> like I don't think a company like Disney deals in gray area very well. And I think they they would probably say, "Well, is and, this family friendly? If not, then we're going to get rid of it." Well, and I did. Disney has never been family, but it, friendly. but it was already on the line, and so yeah. he crossed the line, and then. They well, just, I did see his response. This is one of the things. It was a good that, response. It was a really good response. I didn't see the response. And one thing he said in the response that I really want to give him credit for is he said, "I don't blame Walt Disney yeah. and YouTube for." for canon my stuff he said i get it like they have shareholders and and so i thought that was really mature for him to say yeah you know that he doesn't he doesn't like hold animosity for them because they're just doing their corporate thing here's the thing though pewdiepie is gonna be fine <laughs> you think 50 million subscribers he has more people subscribe to his channel than some countries have citizens <laughs> than many than uh, many, countries, than have many countries have citizens but yes. Does he have the 48th most popular podcast in the TV film on iTunes? I'll uh-huh. tell you what, he does not. <laughs> That's right, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. He'll, PewDiePie, I'm sure he'll be fine. All right, what's next? Number two. This is a follow-up to a uh, Do We Care that we had last week, okay? Uh, last week, we discussed that Ben Affleck was no longer going to be directing the Warner Brothers sure. film, The Batman, because he wanted to focus on the performance. Well, this week we learned that Matt Reeves, the director of Cloverfield and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, mm. is most likely going to be helming that project until it was leaked that Ben Affleck is trying to get out of playing the Batman Not altogether. A Not a surprise. Are you, you last, surprised? Last week you said I you call, don't yeah. think this film is ever going to get made. I don't think it's going to happen. But why, Not why, this version of the film. I don't think it's out? ever going to happen. Why does he want out? I think, he's, he's, seeing, tired. He's, I think he's seeing the mess and the chaos behind the scenes at chaos. DC. Yeah. Damn. So, I, yeah, I think it's really tough for them. They're rolling out a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And that's, that's an issue. Isn't that, isn't that if you could they go down to... They have Marvel envy. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. If you boil it down to a, a primary mistake, it's Marvel envy, and it's yeah. trying to get to where Marvel is... And they don't need to be too that ...too quickly. Way. No. And the thing is, everybody and their mother knows that it's Marvel envy, except Warner Brothers. Yeah. They don't see it. And everybody on the planet is telling them that's your yeah. problem, but they're... They're blind to it. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Dollar signs. Yeah, dollar signs. Dollar. Speaking of Warner Brother, you guys ready for number three? Sure, let's do it. So after I read this, I had to check the date to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's thing. <laughs> I'm like, it's not it's April. Still a month and a half away. Still a month and a half away. This is real. I checked multiple sources on this. Credible sources, okay? So bear with me. This is insane. Okay. <laughs> Warner Brothers has possibly found its new director for Suicide Squad 2. Oh, I did see this. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. What is going on in the world? <laughs> well, he did. He's, he's he likes violence. He loves you know, that. He loves, he loves Mel Gibson violence. directing Suicide Squad 2. I love it. Yeah, I I, I, I actually really love it. Actually. I do. I do, it too. Me laugh. Like, okay. Well, because, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some... If you're DC and you want to make good movies... It starts with hiring good directors and letting them do their thing. And I get the feeling that Mel Gibson, if this happens, he's going to do his movie. Like, he's not going to put up with, you know, the idea of them, you know, handcuffing what he wants to do. If it's going to be a Mel Gibson film, he's going to want it to be a Mel Gibson film. Because, well, by the way, he's got an incredible track record as a director. Yeah. Apocalypto. So here's the great here's thing. Great. That's, I what, love that's the exact same thing I thought about David Ayer. I know. I know. David Ayer doesn't have the same. No, he doesn't have this. Yeah, this the same uh, gravitas that Gibson does. Exactly. But I thought that David Ayer. I'm like, man, this is going to be the guy to come in. He's going to yeah, turn things true. around. Because no, that's he's, true. He's so not Snyder, and they made him Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> they Snydered. They him. Snydered him. I was Snydered. Exactly. Well, I what I'm saying is, I think Gibson may be Snyder proof. I think he he might he might. Uh, Regardless of what you think about, Snyder. Reg- I, I'm tired of saying this, and I have to say it every single time we talk about Mel Gibson. Regardless of what you think of the guy personally, he's one of the greatest directors. Ever. He knows how to make a film, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. He he gets it. He knows how to tell a story. So that's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, let's chat some movies. We'll start with a cure for wellness. Are you ready, Mr. Lockhart? Let us begin. Oh boy, guys. 
This was a movie. It was a movie. Uh, Cure for Wellness uh, is about a Wall Street stockbroker played by Dane DeHaan, who you may remember from Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, as well as, what else is he, what else was he in? He was in that superhero movie where it was Oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. Chronicle. 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 Yeah, that's what I remember him from the most is Chronicle. Yeah. He was amazing I was trying Chronicle. to remember the name of it, Chronicle. Uh, Thank anyways, you. he travels to a remote location in the Swiss Alps to retrieve his company's CEO from an idyllic but mysterious wellness center. He soon suspects that the miraculous treatments are not what they seem. Let's start with, did you like it, love it, it was okay, disliked it, or hated it, Jack? I love water. I love H2O. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in this scenario, not as much. Um, hated it. Hated it from Jack. Thought it was um, like a trip to the dentist. There you go. Andrew? Aaron, I hated this movie. More than you've hated I, anything in I your life. I hated this movie. <laughs> so... I was so excited for this movie. Were you? I was really excited for this movie. I thought this was going to be Gore Verbinski's return to like making great horror films. I hated this movie. Hated it. Um, well, I'm going to be the one, unfortunately, defending this movie. I did not like it, uh, but I, I, I would probably be on the high side of didn't like it, so almost to meh, uh, okay. because, because there are some things in this movie that are absolutely great filmmaking now not great storytelling but great filmmaking the visuals, like the of the visuals yeah. in yeah there's just some really interesting things going on here and it's one of the reasons i often make the distinction that it's i don't like saying a movie is bad as much as it's not for me this yeah. is not a movie for me in so many ways who's it for uh, I think I think there will be Gore Verbinski fans who love really? this movie. I really do, okay. and I think down the line this is the kind of movie that becomes a cult classic wow. because it's so no. strange. Well, it is strange. It is so strange. It hits that one. For All sure. right, we'll get into some details. Uh, did you guys have? Since you both hated it, did you have anything you liked about it? Before I talk about the, just a couple I had positives. Two pros. I had two pros. All right, why don't you start, Andrew? Um, so visual, I did say visually uh, stylized. This movie, for the most part, is beautiful to look at. Cinematography is like the one saving grace of this film. And it's meticulous, too. Like, the framing is meticulous. Yep. Now, there's a huge difference between cinematography and editing, which I will get into later. Okay. Wanted to make that clarification. That's a fair point, yeah. Uh, my other one, Dane DeHaan and Jason Isaacs deliver serviceable performances. Mm -hmm. I thought Dane DeHaan was great. I really like him. I don't know that I've ever seen him in something that I don't think he does a great performance. I don't think he's the problem in this movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. What about you, Jack? Anything? Um, any pros? Visually, I, I remember thinking when I, even the very, from the very first shot of him on the train riding yeah. through the mountains, very beautiful. Yeah, and the way it started with kind of like a mirrored half train. Like I mean, mm -hmm. he's just he he finds really interesting ways to shoot mundane things. But but also, and at that point, especially in the movie, you're thinking, what am I really watching? Is this is this? In, I kept doing this early on. Is any of this even real? Maybe there's this is some sort of a dream sequence. Scenario. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about the two, and maybe we'll go a little further when we talk spoilers on this in the spoiler cast, right. especially because we'll need to get into some kind right. of story details. But I had the same thought about what is real, what yeah. isn't real, those kind of things. But then I felt like things kind of became a little predictable. So then it's kind of like, you know. Aaron, what did you like about this movie? There uh, has to be more to it than just the visuals. Yeah. Um, yes. Here's the other thing that I think Gore Verbinski gets. I think he understands mystery. He understands the idea of what is going on here. Like, what is happening? What is happening in this world? Why is this happening? Why is this person doing this? Like, he gets how to create tension in the mystery of an audience. The problem is what he doesn't get is he doesn't get that you have to combine that with dropping clues. You have to combine <laughs> that with reveals and with, you know, story momentum and a way to, you know, buy into what's going on. But I, I thought there were, you know, um, I, and I can't, I, I can't give specifics until we talk spoilers, but sure. I thought there were several little things, especially in the first 30 minutes of the movie that he drops in there. They're like, Ooh, what's that? What does that mean? What does that quote mean? What does that item mean? You right. know, like he's like, you feel like he's painting a picture of something mm -hmm. and you're not sure what it is yet. And that, that does take talent. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, I don't think he ever zooms out enough for us to really understand what he's doing. Um, but I, I did appreciate that part of it, at least. And I do think, here's where people will land that really like this movie, is in the metaphor. There's a really interesting metaphor in this movie about our lives of especially corporations, big business, those kind of things, where these guys come from, stockbrokers, those kind of things. 
using uh, well-meaning poor people to get what they need to get richer and richer and richer. And there's a really interesting metaphor here that you could lay over that idea of, you know, the corporatization of America or other countries that some people will talk about. I don't think that metaphor worked very well. I really don't. I don't think it was solid enough for me to latch onto it, to love it. And I don't even know if it was intentional, but I do know that is something that, that people will probably talk about. So those were the things that I pulled out kind of as positives. Okay. And the reason I don't absolutely hate it, because I know I, I really feel like this is a talented filmmaker who just told an awful story. That's kind of how I feel at the end of the day. Mm. Well, let's get into the negatives because that's where most of the review is going to be, you know, especially until we get to spoilers. Yeah. So you want to start us off, Jack? What did what didn't you like about this movie? The parts, oh, no spoilers, right? Yeah, no spoilers. Yet. Sorry. Um, there's uh, <laughs> without giving it away, I I feel like um, can I just mm, throw out a word, please? I, I'm not sure this is where you're going. You probably is, but the word I would say is there's a perversity to it. And, and a, in a way that's so dark that you go, I I don't even care to talk about it. Right? Sense. Yeah, exactly. And, and and to the point where I'm like completely unnecessary. Yeah. And there in in order to thanks kind for of, thanks for bailing me out there. By the way. <laughs> no, because I was like, how do I say this without? Andrew, you know what a, we're talking about? Yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. real there's a real descent into, and it almost seems exploitative was, in that's some the ways. Word I was say it, it's really exploitative. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, into some really perverse ideas. And again, for a certain subset of fans, that's something they're going to latch on to. But there's just there seems to be a delight in the perversity of right, it in some right. ways, and that, it's just it's a really icky An thing. An oversaturation of yeah. perversion. Yeah, I think so too. So that was a big thing. What about you, Andrew? This film is boring. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, this film would not end. Yeah. It's like Gore Verbinski watched Lord of the Rings: Return of the King and said, "Not enough endings," <laughs> and he just threw in like fifteen endings to this movie. It just wouldn't. Two and a half hours of my life, I will never get back. And uh, in and not to give anything away here, but we can in spoilers. But the ending he decided to like leave us with was. Just I didn't I didn't the understand tone, it at all. The tone was like ridiculous. I'm yeah. like the tone completely like shifted. Anything yeah. the rest of this movie. The tone shifted four or five times right, throughout right. the yeah. course of this yes. film. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And this film is two and a half hours long. But honestly, there's only about an hour and twenty minutes of this movie that's necessary. There's an hour and ten minutes of this that is thrown in there for what is supposed to be this, you know, sense of creep, creepiness, suspense, and tension, but it's just incredibly boring and just yeah. lackluster. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I felt that too. I I and the pacing seems weird off, movie. the editing seems off, the so it just doesn't seem like it's put together well. You feel like he's getting caught up in the visuals a little too much because he doesn't want to throw away these gorgeous shots that he's created right. and and so he's not servicing story in those moments. He's servicing some sort of art. Which again, for some people, I'm going to tell you that they're going to like that. But but I I feel like um, filmmakers. And I th I've said this many times before. In this situation, I feel like filmmakers probably say, "Where can we shoot this awesome movie so I can take a trip?" And I mean, how much fun would it have been? <laughs> you know, you know the Swiss saying? Alps to go to the Swiss Alps. <laughs> yeah, and film this thing right in those locations. Like I think that's for me the only the only redeeming quality for the whole movie is that part of it. The beauty of it. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So anyway. Anything else you wanted to touch on in the negatives before we do one more thing? So, I'm a huge fan. Like, if you're going to do a horror film, Amer or like, not American Gothic, but Gothic, you know, classic Gothic horror, mm -hmm. which is really what this film is trying to capture here, is, you know, the old sanitarium, mm -hmm. insane asylum, Gothic kind of feel to it. He gets so close to getting a glimmer of that, but it just didn't work. He didn't hop in that realm enough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could have really just... Hammered that home and got rid of some of the weirdo stuff. And this film could have. Should had I say weirdo? Is that bad? Maybe. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're Is all right. Okay for me you're going to gonna be okay, weirdo Jack. Stuff? You're okay. going to be okay. Because right. I know you're a fan of films like Shutter Island. Sure. Know? No, I like a where good like try, suspense thriller where like the sanitarium mm -hmm. and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, sure. Those films can be done really well and like have a really creepy vibe where you don't know what's going on the entire sure. time. I had this film figured out 15 minutes. Every single detail that was actually explained mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff in this movie that was thrown in there never touched on again but everything that was 
had an explanation to it in the film. Yeah, none I of figured it, it out. Yeah, none of it felt like a really big reveal. Yeah, it, it felt like it it was all there from the beginning yeah. or from you know pretty early on. But that's, so, but if you're gonna do suspense thriller, like okay, this is what I thought in the movie. Whenever I was sitting in the theater, I'm like. Okay, so that's going to be the red herring mm-hmm. that is that they want me to think is going to be going on. I wonder what's going to happen actually. Yeah, but there was no actually <laughs> happening. The red herring was the reveal. I'm like, what? Well, kind of was, but again, no. this is but this is the problem. This is the problem. I don't think he understands how to move a mystery along. I don't think it's like. But he, he does in the ring. He did. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I guess the ring was an adaptation, so technically that wasn't him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything really to add mm-hmm. to any of that. Uh, and if you guys got one more thing, we'll get into it. Andrew, you got one more Did thing? Did I have one more thing? Did I even bother giving this film one more thing? <laughs> Gore Verbinski has been on a downward trajectory for a while for me, and I was hoping this was going to be the film to bring him back, but instead he just put his career for me in a nosedive. What about you, Jack? One more thing. Um, this movie is like a trip to the dentist. So, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, I don't even know that I have one more thing, so we can just move on. I think that's a big uh, skip it from all three of us. Uh, yeah, unless you're your a time. huge Gore Verbinski fan, skip it. Um, skip you love what do they call them? Uh, Gonzo movies, I think. You know, movies that just uh, you know completely askew everything Hollywood and try to be their own thing. Maybe you'll enjoy it in that way, but I, I would it's say not skip even it. art house, really. No, yeah. not really. All right, let's move on to the second movie. Let's talk about The Great Wall. I was born into battle. I fought for greed and gods. This is the first war I've seen worth fighting for. Matt Damon is back. He's in the hunt for great international box office and uh, also apparently monsters uh, in The Great Wall. As we said it in China, um, taking a look at this movie, did you see it, by the way, Andrew? I didn't know if you got a chance to see this. I saw the trailers for this, and I'm like, there is no way I'm wasting my life on that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you glad you chose a cure for wellness instead? Yeah, (laughs) man. I really looked out there. I love it. Listen, this is the better movie of the two. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Which is is kind of crazy to say that. Because I... Okay. I'm going to let you guys... I have questions. Okay. I have questions. So let me gen- set it up a little thoughts, bit more. Yeah, thoughts. let me set it up a little more. Great Wall is a monster film uh, directed by Zhang Yimou. It stars Matt Damon, and he plays a European mercenary who's in China during the Song Dynasty, and we find the real reason that the Great Wall was um, erected. So what did you think overall? Like it, love it, it was okay, disliked it, hated it. Um, okay, meh. That's where I'm going to land to just kind of, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I have to land nah. to. Um, there's some there's some major misses that this thing could have probably done better, but it's got weird pacing and I'm thinking because of the international aspect of it. Like I really feel like like that may be it that they're we are maybe aren't the key audience for this. It's interesting, right? Because you could feel that this almost felt like a Chinese film like in some way. Like, yeah. I don't think they meant for me to, like, I don't think they're worried about what I think about this. Yeah. The, in, and I think that's, and that's okay. Hey, great. It's hey, a really cares? interesting thing care. that Hollywood's doing. You'll notice a lot more movies are being financed by Chinese what film was companies. That Adrian and, Brody movie from oh, Beijing? Which, yeah. I, I think, think it's so. called Beijing. It's like, over, it's like about. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I know what you're Rabbit talking trail. about. It's, just, it it's an huge. interesting Hollywood trend. Like, it was huge in China, like in Asia in huge. general. Huge. Huge. China. Huge in China. Huge. Anyway, but here, no one even knew what it was. What well, it's the third, third largest country. It's pretty huge. Makes sense. It's true. Huge. It's true. All right. Why don't you ask us some questions? Maybe we'll get into our thoughts, you know, more as you kind of, uh, since you didn't see it, Andrew. Like, okay. What do you want to know? So just for the fans who don't know, Yimao Zhang, he's made some Really good movies. He made a uh, hero, the Jet Li movie, one of like mm. the most visually stunning movies of that's come out of like China, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he also did Flowers of War with um, uh, Christian Bale, also visually stunning and beautiful. Is this movie visually stunning and beautiful, or does it just come across as just a campy action flick? Uh, I'd say it's. I'd say there are parts of it that are extremely beautiful. Mm, I would say so. And there are parts of it that are a campy action flick. <laughs> like okay. it's, it's got both of those things. Uh, I really loved the design of the army of the Chinese army. I thought there there was some real thought put into 
what they looked like and kind of the color schemes and different things like that and and the way they fought i thought all that stuff was really good and that's part of the visual thing i think okay um i think that for what it is for a um movie of its genre it's by far not the greatest Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon's not even necessarily Matt Damon in this. He has this see that's the funky that's the weird main accent thing. That, I, yeah. that comes and goes. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Well, it was there when he had the beard, and then once the beard came off, he was like old Matt Matt Damon again. Right? And he was like <laughs> going to do like the a, magic voice beard. Yeah, he was going to do like a, ki- a Kyber throw, and you know, yeah. uh, do world's strongest man type stuff, and you know, yeah. with Magnus for Magnus for a while there, and then he became the main thing that doesn't work is damon and not only that damon has such a great sense of humor like you watch the martian and he's so on in that movie or the oceans movies yeah or the oceans movies or whatever he's such a great sense of humor the humor in this was awful like it was so bad like i thought it fell flat like you can tell we're trying to throw in jokes here and much like season of the witch (laughs) (laughs) much like season of the witch uh here's here's the next question so the movie has really good actors and are like Matt Damon and Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe, Pedro Pascal and Andy Lau. How are the performances in the movie? Not good. No. Dafoe's not good. No. Damon's not good. Um who's who's Damon's friend? Was that the other guy you Pedro mentioned? Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He was probably the best performance. He was probably better than the rest he, of them. He's but, been in like Game of Thrones and he's also yeah, in Narcos. Yeah, yeah. That guy? Narcos. Yeah, yeah, I remember him from Narcos. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think the performances are great in this at all. If you like it more than A Cure for Wellness, there has to be some pros here. Oh, absolutely. I think I think some of this action really works. Uh, I love some of the stuff the army does. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's a monster movie that's in the marketing. You know, right. they're they're keeping yeah. out these monsters. I loved. Uh, now, I will say there is some really bad CG in this. Like I, sometimes, where especially when they Ooh, pan yeah. out, where I'm like, yeah, oh, somebody did that on a computer. You yeah. know, <laughs> but. Um, but there are moments where I bought into these monsters and how they interacted. Mm-hmm. I liked their kind of culture. The idea of it mm-hmm. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those, you know, some of those war scenes were were really cool. Uh, the Chinese army in here has a. I'm, I'm going to say this this way without spoiling spoiling it mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, there are there are certain divisions inside of, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like they could have fleshed that out more and left behind. Matt Damon in this, and it probably would have been more entertaining for me. You know, that's interesting that, you know, even as like much just, as he's supposed to be the central character, the movie could have worked without I, him I don't just have fine. to have an American to yeah. like a movie, just yeah. so everyone knows. Like, it doesn't have to be. Did it feel no, like a good whitewashing, point. you just yeah. thrown in the famous white guy in Well, the movie? it wasn't whitewashing. I mean, it was primarily he, Chinese actors. Yeah, they, it was they, just, they didn't ever say, oh, he's he's also from China. No, he was, he he was absolutely from Europe. Yeah, so. yeah but, but I was, mean, like, it's supposed to be the Great Wall, but you're throwing in a white guy to save the day. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think you could probably knock it for that maybe a little bit, but um but they certainly had their own amazing, you know, marksmen and different things yeah. in the army. So it wasn't like he was the only one doing cool stuff. Okay. And I have one last question. Sure. So this movie based on the trailer that I saw, the costume design looked really good just in the trailer. Did that was it just the trailer only had the good costume design. Oh, no, I loved the costume right. design. Uh, I, I thought that was maybe the best yeah. aspect, maybe. Of, yeah, um, that's I, when I was talking about visuals. That was my okay. primary thing about visuals, just how how beautifully it was costumed. And, yeah, I thought I thought that stuff looked great. Let's do one last thing, if you've got one, Jack, and then we'll, we'll move on. But. Uh, one last thing. Uh, this this had a very, it has like a drum line sequence in it. Uh-huh. There's a drum drum core. Yeah. This army has a drum core A little core bit of stomp. It. <laughs> and that's what I felt like. I felt like I was like, what am I, wait, what happened here? <laughs> that was kind of funny. To did me. it work? I mean, it did. Yeah, it worked all right. It wasn't, like, worked all right. it wasn't like a complete scene killer, but it didn't make my day. So yeah. but it, it made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> it did make me laugh. Like, I'll talk about it more when we talk about spoiler, but it kind of cracked me up. My one last thing is uh, I'm always up for a movie that will retcon history in some way or another. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you're going to take... The gra- I look forward to seeing what the Eiffel Tower was actually built for, yes. and you know all these other things that we have. You know the Grand Canyon, how that actually happened. Abraham Lincoln and- Vampire Hunter, <laughs> exactly. That's great. Another another classic yeah. cinema uh, undertaking. So yeah, um, I thought I thought that stuff was was really interesting. So overall, though, just kind of there. You know, if mm-hmm. if you have a boring Friday night once it's out on DVD or something, you want to throw it in and just kind of laugh at some of the ridiculousness and enjoy some of the action then 
then maybe you can do that. But certainly don't see it for Matt Damon because you it, won't recognize him. It was released in China in December. Oh, it's been out there for it's a bit. It's been out there. So, and it's already made back its budget. It's, it's nominated for their version I'm of the sure Oscars because it came out ever. last year. Exactly. So, so <laughs> its purpose was not us. That is true. Yeah. That is true. It's Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about our Patreon supporters. Give a little thank you to the people who keep this podcast going. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. If you go to patreon.com slash studio DNA, that's a podcast network that Sif Pop is on, and you do three bucks a month, there's a really cool thing that I want you to know that you get, which is your own dedicated podcast feed. Uh, every time we go live, we spend time in what we call the pre-show, chatting with people who are listening live, doing some, like today we talked about, you know, Gore Verbinski movies and ones we like and ones we didn't like. Uh, that's only available to those who listen live or our patrons. So, and it shows up right in your podcast feed if you support at three bucks a month. So, um, and then you also know you'll, you know, support what's going on here and, and know that we appreciate you. So, go to patreon.com/slash studio DNA if you're interested. And thanks so much for believing in what we do. Let's move on to the best ever challenge for this week. Mm. Uh, this could be a fun one uh, in honor of the Great Wall. What are the best ever movies with the word great in the title? So what we'll do is we'll each pick three, our top three in order. We'll go from number three to number one. We'll also do some honorable mentions at the end. If your choice is higher than somebody who mentions it, Trump, just yell Trump and, Trump. You, and you get to talk about it later instead. So uh, I think I started last time. Andrew, why don't you start this time? Number three. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yes, Trump. Trump. You're trumping oh, it? Trump! All right. All right. What do you got at number three, Jack? I had that one, too, though. At number three? Yes. Trump! <laughs> All right. Aaron? Uh, my number three is The Great Muppet Caper. Good. Oh, good call. That was an honorable mention for me. Uh, John Cleese is so great. Yeah. And it's not one of the more commonly referred to Muppet movies, but they're all so good. And uh, this one's a lot of fun as well. So I had it at number three. Like it. All right. What do you got at number two? The Great Dictator. Good choice. I've actually oh, never... Oh, wait, no, number two. Not yeah. number three. Yeah, I said number two, didn't I? I thought, I thought you said number three. But yeah, The Great number Dictator. Eight. Sorry. <clears throat> the Great Dictator, his speech that Charlie Chaplin gives at the end of that movie is like one of the most iconic speeches. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Mm. Uh, well, it's it's inspiring, I'll say that. I had it in my honorable mentions because I think you have to mention it because it's, you know, it's such a well-known movie, but I'm glad yeah. that you've actually seen it because... It gives us a you know a way to talk about it. If anything, at least go on YouTube and watch that speech because it stands the test of time and it's still relevant to this day. It's well, also it's also interesting because Charlie Chaplin is known for the silent, silent. film era, and yet here he is giving you know, one of this the amazing great, speech, one of the most infamous speeches in cinema in cinema history. Infamous. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, what do you got at number two? Jack? Mm, the Great Escape. Trump. Trump. <laughs> well, how can you trump it? Well, because I still got oh. two left. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Great Escape. Steve McQueen, man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll chat about it here in a second. Now it's time to chat about the great uh, pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's my number two. All right. Um, man, it, there's there are just some items of pop culture that are so laden with nostalgia that I can't see straight. Like, it is... The Charlie Brown specials are those. The Christmas and Halloween especially. And... The great pumpkin stuff. I just remember watching that over and over and over again. The ghost comes out of the, you know, the cornfield, and you know, it's, is it the great pumpkin? Is it the great pumpkin? <laughs> um, it's my dad's favorite movie of all time. Oh, it's so. Right. Is it really? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. amazing. Every single Halloween, we watch two movies. We watch that one and now, Ernest. Focus, focus. Oh, sorry. Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> sorry. Ernest scared stupid. That, that's that, my hey, favorite Halloween oh, that movie. One, that's a freaky movie. Yeah. But, maybe, maybe by kid standard. Maybe when I was a kid, <laughs> but, I'm scared stupid. But uh, yeah, we watched great. Uh, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I cannot talk right now. It's Charlie Brown. We watched that movie every single <laughs> Halloween. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. What did you want to say about it, Jack? Uh, it's awesome. Like it's just phenomenal. Charlie Brown movies. Uh, I, I always, I base a lot of things on my six year old, which is really weird. But mm -hmm. he uh, loves anything Charlie Brown. Did and, you grow up? With the uh, peanuts and everything. Oh yeah, I okay. did. yeah, yeah, I did. I'm not that so. old man. No, peanuts, I'm, I'm like peanuts predate. What me. I what I mean was, was it a part of your life? Like oh, yeah. some people yeah, yeah, grew yeah. up and like, yeah. okay, yeah, absolutely, yeah, all the peanut specials. It's amazing too because it made such a great transition from comic strip to you know motion picture to yeah. video 
action. Like, that's not an easy thing to do always because people have an idea about characters in their head from a comic strip, you know. Um, like, I see a lot of the the Garfield stuff that's happened over the years, and I'm just like, eh, you, didn't, you didn't quite get there, you yeah. know. But but Charlie Brown, they just nailed it. And I think that's probably because, you know, Charles Schultz probably knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted it to be, and yeah. he probably had a lot of say in that. So I think that's why we're never going to see a live-action version of Calvin and Hobbes, is because it's so yeah, how personal. Would you, yeah, I don't think you could do it. It be di- but you know you could have said the same thing for peanuts you know you and think? and they did it yeah. so I mean it was beloved so all right on to number one we we, we, both had we already one. know what our number yeah, one's so. it. Jack okay, why don't you uh, go the great outdoors I had that in my honorable mentions it's the great outdoors why do you love that as your favorite uh, it's great movie <laughs> it's hilarious it's funny like, movie uh, John Candy is great Dan Aykroyd plays Dan Dan Aykroyd is Dan Aykroyd in that movie like he is spot on Dan yeah. Aykroyd Roman is Dan Aykroyd. And the leeches part where they are in the <laughs> boat. So it's really funny. The bear. The I mean, bear the, is the funny. Bear, the bear. Yeah. The, ra- the uh, raccoons that are talking. It's uh, a funny movie for sure. Good. The old 70s, the old 76er or whatever it is. Steak that he eats or old 86er. Someone yeah. listening can tell me about it. But. We have a, a version of that here in the area with uh, Bear's Burger. They have that giant monster burger, monster burger yeah, or whatever. Huge. If you eat the whole thing, you get it for free. You know we've tried that. Hey, you have on the channel. We tried that once. Yeah, how'd it go? Did not end well for Jareth. <laughs> Was he the one trying it? Mm-hmm. How yeah. would he do? I want to know. Like how much he did got he a get? fourth of the way through. So but, he, including the bun and the toppings and uh, what about ate, the fries? He, he ate, ate all the, the fries too. He ate right? all the meat. Okay. He ate the entire meat. Yeah, he ate all the meat. He ate wow. all the bacon and all the patties and everything. But and that uh, was the last day on earth for him. Yeah. <laughs> You see piece. him. You see him now, and he just looks like a part of his soul is gone because <laughs> he's losing, because of that burger. He's losing teeth and lo- oh, sorry, that's the, oh yeah. man, wrong movie. Yeah, wow, poor Jareth. But Aaron, you and I both have the same number one. Apparently. Yeah, of course, the you Great to, Escape. I'll let you talk about the Great Escape. Oh, uh, it's just amazing, Steve McQueen. It's one of the the best prison escape movies ever made, if not the best. Uh, I love. Um, oh, man, what can you think of one that's better? Uh, Escape from Alcatraz. I mean, other than Chicken Run, but <laughs> you know what? You joke. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. You joke. I love Chicken Run. I think, has, I think Chicken I'm... Run has some great escape like uh, homages in it too. Yeah, I honestly maybe Escape from Alcatraz, the yeah. Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, first but season of Prison Break, maybe. Maybe Papillon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But, I just, I just, it's just yeah. so well done. What do you like? So Steve McQueen, like you said, <laughs> I, I maybe the original Magnificent Seven. But uh, I think this might be one of the best, if not the it's best, Stephen Queen. It's for sure, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, just Steve McQueen and uh, uh, Charlie Bronson and all those guys. I think it's fascinating, based on true story. so that's why it always gets me. And the fact that a couple of the people in this movie, I think four or five actors in this movie were actually POWs. Oh, wow. Awesome. I didn't know that. Not like of that actual prison, but sure. some of them were actually German POWs for Americans. What was, speaking of POWs, I guess that does count as prison es- prison escape. Um, what was the one with, was this Christian Bale in a POW? Um, yeah, the one, the Vietnam one that he did yeah. with. Uh, that was really good. That'd be up there for me if that counts as a prison escape. What's the oh, machinist? Is it the machine? That's not machinist. What's the one no, where no, no, it wasn't the, the machinist. What's that what one is- about? That's some horrible. Yeah, it's Never like mind. yeah, he's like a sociopath is, kind yeah. of thing. Okay, there you go. He he lost a bunch of weight for that role. Yeah. Side note. Sorry. Yeah, if you ever want, if you ever want to see something amazing, Rescue Dawn. Rescue Dawn. I really liked Rescue Dawn. He lost a lot. Him and Steve Zahn lost so much weight. And Jeremy Davies. Yeah, that was a really good movie. By the way, side note: Rescue Dawn, the very first movie I ever reviewed on YouTube. Really? Yep. Would you give it? I don't remember. I'd have to go back and, and watch it, but, but it's you, actually it was a my, positive review, I guess. Yeah, it was the third video I ever put up on YouTube was a review of Rescue Dawn. Wow. So. How about that? How about it? Mm-hmm. YouTube. <laughs> How about that YouTube? How about that YouTube? And that YouTube. I wish I could remember the first movie I reviewed on YouTube. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, you can go look it up. All right, talk about honorable mentions. Uh, I want to mention Great Gatsby. Oh, that was, that was the only the, one. The only one I can there are several versions. I would go with the Leo Redford. version. I'm going with Redford. Uh, I haven't seen the Redford <laughs> I, version. So I, another one, the great, the great mouse detective. Yes, I had that on my <laughs> yep, as me well. too. Yeah, great yeah. mouse detective, of course. Uh, I love holds up. I watched it. that the other day. It holds up. <clears throat> I, I'm surprised by that the Land Before Time two. 
in the land before time three True. both have subtitles that have the word great yeah, in them. But, so you know, subtitles don't count. Sure they do. You know, Rockadoodle was uh, ba- <laughs> was from the maker of the great Rockadoodle. Yes, the great Rockadoodle. Rock-a-doodle. Uh, and that's all. That was all my honorable mentions because the others got mentioned. Um, what about you guys? You have any more uh, honorable mentions? Great, uh, yes, the Great we... Train Robbery. I think we have to mention it. Sure, I haven't seen it. So. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Somebody in the chat mentions Oz the Great and Powerful. That's good. Yeah. Um, I didn't enjoy that as much as a lot of people did, but but yeah, certainly worth mentioning. Mentioning. Mm, yeah. Great Expectations. It's, yeah. I think people really. I think people think of the the book more than the movie. Right. But uh, yeah. So there you go. Great movies. Great people. Oh, oh of course, the Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder movie, uh, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's that dude weird. Was crazy. Yeah. yeah, he was crazy. He was pretty weird. Some good music, though. It's a good movie. So Those great movies so are great. Good. They're great. Those are great, great movies. Man, they're great. Uh, let's move on to Buried Treasure. What's one thing in the area of pop culture anywhere, movies, television, and beyond? That you wanted to bring to the surface this week, so that people might know more about it. Do you mind if I go first, just go to ahead. get it out of the way, because yeah. it's something that's already been. A, both of these have both been buried treasures, but it's literally the only new thing in my life since last week. Okay, so I watched both The Founder and Lion. Oh yeah, yeah. Founder was pretty good. Lion was phenomenal. Isn't it great? Oh man, I was bawling at the end of that movie. <laughs> What a great movie. It's always weird when you, because everybody who sees it are like, oh man, I cried so hard. And I know people who haven't seen it are like, I don't want to watch a movie that's going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. You want to watch this movie that's going to make you cry. I'm telling yeah. you, it's it's really good mm-hmm. and powerful and important to see. So I just want, I'm glad you saw it, man. The only new thing in my life. I wanted to see Legion. So that could be my buried treasure because I hear it's really good. I've seen the first episode. We are uh, planning on talking about that next week, actually. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We, we like to wait till we've seen three episodes of something before, you know, kind of going a little deeper. So I think the third episode comes out this week. So. I was going to have Powerless as my buried treasure, but the show's not good. So <laughs> I don't want that to you be. You do the buried trash. trash. We've buried done tra- that before. Buried trash. That's, buried my, trash. Buried, that's buried, my buried trash. The Atari Keep games. it buried. Keep it buried. Game. Is that what we're talking about? Buried trash. Uh, what do you got, Jack? Okay. Um, speaking of video games, uh, I just said that about Atari. Uh, for my birthday, my only request was a Nintendo 64. Oh, like and a legit I old school 64? An, yeah, I don't, an emulator doesn't do the job. Like people talk about no, I that. I hear you. Uh, Phil, producer Phil from our podcast. Oh, just get an emulator. No, no, no. No. I want to hold, I wanna and hold I the controller. And I got like, there's like two wrestling games that I got on there and a couple others. And did you Google Star Eye? Fox is the best. GoldenEye, unbelievable. Mario Kart 64 is Mario Kart 64, yeah. So good. <laughs> and we have, a, we have an old Nintendo Wii. It's just not the same. That N64, I've spent so many great hours controllers, playing. man. Uh, 64 controllers had great. great controllers. What's the what's the is it Ocarina of Time? Is that the one that came out in 64? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't, no I've only I don't played that yes and then get scolded. But we've talked about this before. I've only played one Zelda game, and that was the first Zelda game. Mm-hmm. So hey, that Mario 64 when it came out on the Nintendo, Nintendo oh, it was 64, groundbreaking. It was yeah. like oh, it's I can't first, believe this one of the happening. first 3D games it ever. Was, and it was it like holds that. up though. It's a fun it, game. It's fun, yeah, I think it is still considered the greatest Mario game of all time, even better than Super Mario on NES. I would put Super Mario Galaxy as my greatest Mario game of all time, but that's just me. Yeah, I know most good. people would probably yeah. probably do sixty. Mario three so. is probably my favorite. That's a great one. Straight up, Super I'm Mario not 3. lying, man. Super Mario that, three is good stuff. Is that, is, that the, is that the introduction of the raccoon tail? Yes. And maybe <clears throat> I don't. It doesn't relate to anything, but maybe we should do a sift sword on Mario games. Oh, that would be hard. Soon. I think There's that would so be an entire episode because people would just. Like, this is the hill I'm dying on. I'm not giving it up. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> that Mario paints the best. Um, I reached back and saw a movie from 2016 that I had missed and I wanted to let people know about because it's pretty good. It's called Bleed for This. Uh, yeah. Miles Teller plays uh, a boxer. <laughs> and um, I thought I thought they were... It wasn't great, in my opinion, but if you like boxing movies, I think you're going to love it. It's I a, thought Teller's performance was incredible. It's a fascinating story, too. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know me. I'm a huge boxing guy, so I actually knew about this guy before. Uh, but uh, Vinny Pensanini. Pazienza? Paz, yeah, Pazienza. Yeah, Pazienza, yeah. Great story about you know determination, human spirit, and will, and what you're able to put yourself through for what you want. Yeah, yeah. If you want kind of one of those, you know, determination kind of stories, mm. if you don't mind the violence, because there's the violence of boxing. I mean, it's a it's a hard, decently hard R too. Like it doesn't shy away, you know, from from a lot of that stuff. But if if you don't 
you know, enjoy a boxing movie. You not might enjoy to, it. Not to get into too spoilery, but how graphic was the uh, the car crash? Um, I thought it was handled very, very well. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say graphic at all. Okay. So, yeah. No, I thought that was fine. Well, there we go. Cool. We did it, guys. Huzzah. Mm. We did a podcast. Huzzah. Podcast happened. Now that's podcasting. It was amazing. Now that's what I call a podcast. That's better. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru. It's Jack from the Horrible Movie well, yeah. Podcast. I appreciate it. Tell, uh, Thank you. Tell people where they can find you and vibe your content. Okay. We are on iTunes, The Horror Movie Podcast, uh, Podcast.com, RevolverPodcast.com, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find our podcast. If you search for Horrible Movie Podcast, will you come on up? On the internet, you'll come up with us okay, cool. on there. Um, and then a bevy of other places. Twitter, at One Horrible Movie. I tweet a lot of just random stupid stuff on there. I think to the point... I Twitter's, I think that's what a lot of people Twitter, do on but, Twitter. But Twitter <laughs> is a really... Twitter is a very weird place. I, think, go, that's I, their, I love I can, it, man. I think that's the company logo. Yeah. Or <laughs> slogan. slogan. Is anyone yeah. even yeah. seeing this? We tweet a lot of random stupid stuff. And yeah. then you'll get retweets, and you're like, okay, so someone's looking at this. And it's, it's really weird. I have really Facebook fallen, page, also like our Facebook page. I have really fallen in love with Twitter as a way to talk movies with people. Like, it's become my okay. outlet. Because I do a lot of different things, but Twitter has specifically become my pop culture outlet. Like, that's I, interesting. I, I love it. There's a real cool community there that, you know, mm-hmm. is kind of built, and... I think I'm 10, 10 away from a thousand Twitter followers. Hey, so you could be my thousandth. I, 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 one thing about Twitter, the polls you can do on there are kind of fun. That, that is that yeah, is that's a good way. That's how, how I actually started. Right. I started right. by tweeting out polls about which movie do you want me to review, right. and you just realized that a lot of people were there, yeah. you know, chatting movies and stuff. So right, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, cool. definitely yep. hook up with uh, with Jack and the Horrible Movie Podcast. Uh, they we do have fun, great stuff. Have two time uh, two times it. a week, a midweek episode, and then a Friday episode. Very cool. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There are a lot more ways to connect with the podcast. SoundCloud, you can tweet at us as we mentioned, iTunes comments, or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, let your movie-loving friends know about it because they'll probably like it too. Uh, share the love. Just let them know. It's kind of like your weekly drip from the mysterious blue bottle uh spoiler chat this week by the way uh will be up in your podcast feed soon we'll see you back next week for some talk on legion and more peace out as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com podcast that's indeed.com podcast terms and conditions apply